Welcome to a There It Is podcast mini episode, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration with a quick tip. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for giving us a listen today. This is mini episode number 21, which means we have 20 other mini episodes, which are all in the feed. So give those a listen. And if you are listening, it's because you're a performer. You're a creator, and you're always on the go. I know what that life is like. Gig economy, you've got a lot of irons and a lot of fires. You're doing a lot of stuff. You're up late because you have late night shows, but you're also up early because you got stuff to do. And you know what that means? You get tired, and you need a little boost. You need to wake up. And of course, you know, I've been there as well, and the immediate go-to is what? Coffee? Yeah. You, you go run, you get yourself a coffee, and maybe it works. Maybe it works, but then you crash. Or maybe you just feel really anxious. I feel really anxious and jittery when I have coffee. It ends up not really being the best thing for me. And substitutes to coffee are more just like, oh, this is a nice warm beverage. <laughs> and the warmness is soothing me but I don't feel like I have more energy. Then I tried something. It's called Magic Mind. I saw the ads on Instagram and on YouTube for like a year. And I just wrote it off as, ah, that's probably just some other fad thing because I had tried coffee substitutes before that promised all this energy and focus and everything. And I said, ah, it's probably just, Another one of those things, I've been burned before, not going to get burned again. But then I said, you know what? Something about this makes me actually want to try it. Let me give Magic Mind a shot. And I did. For five days in a row, I had Magic Mind in the morning instead of the alternatives. No coffee, no dirty chai, no tea. I only had Magic Mind, and it's just a little shot of that, like a shot you drink. <laughs> <laughs> Not a shot that is administered by a doctor or a health healthcare professional. I just mean a shot that you drink. And it, I gotta say, worked. I couldn't believe it. It was tasty, which I also could not believe. But then also I really did feel like I had real energy, something that felt a little cleaner than the boost that coffee gives me. It felt like I had something clean in me. I don't know how else to describe it. It was clean energy, but not that kind of clean energy. I wasn't jittery. I did feel like I could focus more. And that's because of some of its ingredients. Stuff that maybe you've heard of before, like lion's mane mushrooms and ashwagandha, matcha. Ingredients that help you focus and they don't make you anxious. It was great. It was a big help for me. I really loved it, and I want you to get a try of it. And here's the thing. You can try it. Starting in January, you will find it in all Sprouts Farmer's Market stores across the country. And if you have a Sprouts store nearby, you can just get down there and grab a few bottles to try it. You can also go to magicmind.com slash there it is. And once you try it and love it, you can get a subscription on that website with up to 50% off with my code, there it is 20. That's there it is 20. So go to 
magicmind.com slash there it is. Put in the code there it is 20. You'll get a discount. You'll also get a proper boost to your morning routine. In today's episode, we talk about creating intimacy with an audience. You might think, oh, I don't really need to create intimacy, but comedy is an art form. Whether you are performing a sketch or doing improv or doing stand-up, intimacy does enhance your work. And if you're an actor and you're listening, then you know already from all the classes and work that you've done that intimacy is pretty key to making good work. But it's not necessarily easy to create intimacy, especially in the comedy world, and especially, especially if you have nerves, stage fright. It's a real thing. And a lot of us can put on a lot of things to sort of deal with that stage fright, but it does block us from having intimacy with the audience. So what are some things that we can do in order to have intimacy in our work? If you are a stand-up or if you are going to do any kind of public speaking engagement, intimacy is inherently there by the mere fact that you're standing on stage alone and talking to people. You're facing them and you're talking to them while you're trying to get them to feel something. So it's inherently a very intimate thing, directly talking to the audience like that. But yet, sometimes we can still not have that connection. We can feel like we don't have that connection. And there may be a few reasons why. So let's kind of talk through them and also give tips on how to do it. So one thing might be where you are looking. If you are someone who has stage fright, you may not look in people's faces. But when I was in high school, I took a speech and debate class. And one of the first things the teacher said was that it's really engaging for an audience for you to make eye contact. And I for some reason, just really took that challenge on and immediately just locked into, I'm going to look in people's eyes while I scan the room and talk to them. I understand that that's hard for a lot of people and they hate the whole idea of that. I get that and I feel that. And I'm not going to say that you still have to just power through and make eye contact with people. Don't feel like you have to look at everyone in the face. What you can do is look at a couple of faces. Maybe try that on first. Just pick like two people that you're looking directly at. And the rest of the time, look into what they call the middle distance. That's kind of that spot right above people's heads. And you're not looking at anyone in particular. But the thing is, sometimes people can pick up on that. And that can, I think, my opinion, can at least subconsciously take people out of the moment. So now it's not as intimate because they know you're not really looking at anybody. So if you can pick a few people around the room, the audience does sort of pick up on that. Even though you're not looking at them specifically, you're looking at this other person in the audience specifically, they still feel like there's something more intimate happening. So that is one tip on how to be more intimate with the audience. Just some eye contact or looking at a couple of people really engaging with them. Other things you can do. Be authentic. Artifice is such a part of performing for a lot of people, especially if they are nervous about showing themselves on stage. But being authentic, being yourself, not faking it, that is really going to tear down some walls, separating you 
from the audience, emotionally speaking. So being authentic, pretty crucial step here. And the way to do that is to maybe just be honest. Say something you genuinely feel or if you're acting, to express something in a real way. Here's a big kicker, and here's actually the third point that I, I can't mention the second point without mentioning this third point. You got to be vulnerable. Got to let your guard down. You got to express or share real feelings. It's pretty impossible to be authentic if you aren't being vulnerable. I just don't know of someone who is being authentic, but yet they are still faking everything they're saying and doing, right? Like you, you really do have to at least express emotion in a very genuine and honest way in order for people to get a sense of authenticity from you. You got to be vulnerable. And that's hard. I get it. I'm not wagging my finger at you for not doing these things. I'm saying here's a hump to challenge yourself to get over if you find that you are not having these sort of shows that feel like you are connected with the audience. These tips can help you get over that and start having more consistently intimate shows. So how do you get vulnerable other than just being honest, sharing real feelings? One thing you can do is take an acting class. A big thing here, and actors know this, you really learn in acting classes how to be vulnerable. Another way to do it, as we mentioned in a previous episode, is to journal. When you get a little bit more comfortable with your own feelings, it gets easier to share those feelings on stage. And also, of course, there's therapy. But I don't want people to feel like the only way to be vulnerable and authentic on stage is to go through therapy. It's not really that. It's getting comfortable with the raw emotion and expressing that. I think one of the things, too, that slows us down here in this area is we see people mock actors when they cry on screen. We've seen the John Hamm crying meme, and it's like him playing a character who's crying, and it was, he's a great actor, so it was a real authentic and raw moment. And people mock it because, like, oh, his face looks funny, but that actually isn't what we can worry about. As performers, as actors, we cannot get caught up in how silly we might look or how bad we might look. Our job as performers is to show the real human existence. The work is better when we do that. If we have any sort of emotional blocks that get in the way, it distracts the audience from having an intimate experience with our work. So we really can't get caught up in how people might react if we have a certain look on our face when we're crying or something like that. Those people don't want good work. And you, as a great performer, want to have good work. So you can't worry about that sort of silly stuff that's out there in the world. So that's on vulnerability. But what else can you do in order to have intimacy with your audience? There's engaging with the audience. Now, if you're a stand-up, there's obviously crowd work. If you are in a play or if you're acting on camera, you can't really engage with the audience directly. But... If you're doing an improv show, there might be a way for you to get ideas for scenes, depending on the type of show you're doing, where you interview someone in the audience and you could interview them or engage with them in a very real, honest way beyond just saying something simple like, give me a word of anything at all, you know, like maybe actually interview them. Engaging with an audience member to get a suggestion to inspire scenes can be about all sorts of things. You can say, 
oh, that suggestion you just gave, why is it important to you? Or you could ask them about their day or what they do and, and really get to know a person in the audience. And that can bring the rest of the audience in and make it a more intimate show. You always want to be respectful of your audience. And of course, you want to be unique. You want to be who you are. And you can't be unique if you're not being vulnerable, if you're not being authentic, and if you're not really trying to engage in a real way with the audience to show who you are. Try these tips. And if you have some tips of your own, why don't you share them with us on social media? You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod. Thanks so much for listening. All episodes of the podcast are available wherever you get podcasts. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at There It Is and follow me on Twitter at Jason Far Jokes and Instagram and threads at Jason Far Picks. Also subscribe to our comedy lifestyle newsletter and support us if you can. We have a Patreon and a PayPal. Go to thereitispod.com for newsletter and support info. Links in bio. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 